Well, it's good to have everyone with us this morning in worship. Um, glad that you have joined us on this holiday weekend. And um, it, uh, greetings to everyone. It's good to see some faces we haven't seen for a bit. And uh, it's always good to see some, uh, see all of you who are here. Uh, as Anne does, along with your bulletin, you received the announcements for the week and things that are happening this week, but things that are coming up also in the life of the church. Um, Presbyterian women will be having a coordinating team meeting, and um, I'll get you the, Charlotte will have the Zoom information for you a little later this afternoon, um, and so she can get that out to you. Uh, Also note that coming up, Um, next Sunday evening will be the first of our Zoom conversations uh, on our our mission study components. Um, So we're going to talk next week um, a bit together in the evening. We'll have some questions for you that will go out with next Sunday's information as well as a Zoom address for that as well. Um, So there'll be an opportunity next Sunday evening to gather together I will open the meeting at 7, but we won't begin until 7.15. So if you want to come uh, that 15 minutes early and just have some conversation and chatting together, or if you've got questions about Zoom and how to do things and, and how to communicate best, kind of best practices for Zoom, join at 7 next Sunday evening. Um, and um, I'll be happy to uh, give you some pointers and those sorts of pieces of things. Uh, next, uh, next Sunday, um, that will be our, our return to uh, the normal uh, in this year of abnormal. Um, we are leaving the summer season and all that it has blessed us with, um, as we've talked about being unraveled, and all of that. So uh, we will return to the lectionary readings and for our studies on Sunday morning during worship and go from there. Um, a week from tomorrow, the Making Connections Bible Study will be meeting. Uh, first time for the fall. Yes, Nancy. We're studying the gospel. I think it's Matthew. Okay. Studying the gospel. She thinks it's Matthew. Um, they were all in the, in the newsletter. Okay, in the newsletter, if you if you need more information on that, um, and everyone is welcome to come to the the Making Connections study. It's a wonderful opportunity, um, and to to gather together in uh, in a very non threatening sort of way because I don't attend ever like I'm threatening. <laughs> um, I don't know, but it's uh, always good to to see that group and know that group has been a part of things. I will let you know um, as we put on the uh, the uh, top of the bulletin this week, we're asking you to use the chat feature of Zoom to note any joys or concerns that you might have. Um, we honor our joys and concerns. That's an important part of who we are as the church. Um, but uh, it's especially on Sundays like today when we do communion, um, it's nice to be able to have a listing of them here and an opportunity for us all to see them, um, you know, in the midst of things. One of the important pieces of being a part of the family of faith 
is uh, what we offer to God. And oftentimes we think of that, <coughs> excuse me, strictly in terms of money. Uh, but it's also important to think about that in other terms. And so this morning, as you contemplate what it is you give to God, I invite you to think about those things in your life that you have given to God and continue to return to God, um, including your offering um, of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Uh, so please remember the church. Uh, Betty Beats, do you have a minute for mission for us? Yes, I do. Um, it's very appropriate for the Peace and Global Witness offering, working for peace and reconciliation in the, a world of transforming cultures of violence into communities of peace. This hits home for all of us. Uh, I know that um, Charlotte has put something on the, uh, the internet about a conference that's coming up or, or a webinar on um, racism and how we as a, as a congregation can begin to learn more how deeply seated racism is in our country. We have seen the upheaval that um, is very, very prevalent. Um, the Peace and Global Witness, the third of the year's uh, Presbyterian USA special offerings will be the focus of September's Minute for Mission on Sunday mornings. In 2019, our congregation raised $490 for this offering. The Mission and Social Witness Ministry team is encouraging us to raise the amount $10 to $500 or more. Whatever the final amount is, our Mission and Social Witness team is going to match that by 50% from the non-operating funds. We are the church. Together we work as active peacemakers offering the peace of Christ in all times and all ways. We work together sharing Christ's peace beyond our doors, across boundaries, and around the world. 25% stays here with our congregation. 25% will go to our presbytery. And 50% supports worldwide peacemaking work at the national level. Share your peace. In the next three Sundays, someone from the Mission and Social Witness team will be sharing minutes, a minute for mission. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Betty. Um, I would remind us now that today is a communion Sunday. And if you do not have some sort of element, uh, re elements ready for you, uh, now would be a good time to go and do that. As we remember, especially in these times that are not usual, um, as we remember this meal and celebrate the sacrament, we remember that Jesus took elements that were common to the people, which meant it was a flatbread and wine because that's what was familiar to the people. They drank wine because the water wasn't any good. Um, and so 
um, and they ate the flatbread because that's what they had and that's what was part of their culture. So remember that whatever you have to take communion this morning is what is common to you in your household, be it bread and wine or juice or tea and crackers or cookies and water or milk. Um, please remember that, but we will be doing communion a little later in the service. Let us then come to worship our God. Betty? Let us gather for worship. Gracious God, we bring you the broken parts of ourselves. Hem us in before, us in before and behind. Creator God, we bring you the joyful parts of ourselves. Weave us together in hope and praise. God of new life, we bring you doubt and faith knotted up in our hearts. Unravel our doubt. Weave faith into our hearts. Draw us together and point us towards you. In hope and faith we pray. In hope and faith we worship. Amen. Amen. Let us approach God with our confession. Let us pray. God, we confess we God. are loose ends. You give us the gift of community and we weave walls of exclusion and isolation. You give us the gift of a new day, and we spend more time unraveling justice than sowing seeds of peace and unity. You give us the gift of holy surprises and unimaginable beauty, and we shut off our hearts and our blindfolded eyes. Forgive us for our frayed ends and our self-centered hearts. Unravel the sin in us and replace it with love. Gratefully, we pray. Amen. Amen. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Amen.
God of unending surprises, this life is a tapestry of moments woven together, and we long to be weavers of love. Today we gather and pray that you would unravel our bias, unravel our assumptions, unravel whatever it is that keeps us from you. And as you do, clear space in our hearts for your word. We are listening. We are praying. Amen. Today's Christian scripture is Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. And this is from Patterson's The Message. Hear the word of God. Don't run up debts, except for the huge debt of love that you owe each other. When you love others, you complete what the law has been after all along. The law code, don't sleep with another person's spouse. Don't take someone's life. Don't take what isn't yours. Don't always be wanting what you don't have and any other don'ts you can think of. Finally adds up to this. Love other people as well as you do yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others. When you add up everything in the law code, the sum total is love. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you use track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Get up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he has begun when, when we first believed. We cannot afford to waste a minute. Okay, just a second, please. We, um, we cannot afford to waste a minute, must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around in dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Debbie? Where's Debbie? Did we lose Debbie? We lost Debbie. No, I'm here. There, There you are. Sorry, it's the, all the little pictures of things. I think the Allens have their granddaughters with them. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I totally was too unprepared, so oh, <laughs> let me sorry. think a second. Let me think a second. Okay. Um, this weekend, 
we, well, Monday, we were celebrating Labor Day. And um, Betty just, Mrs. Dietz just read to us about um, about Paul's letter saying, get up and get moving and, and don't waste God's <laughs> days. And so one of the things that I think about when I think of Labor Day is all the people who have spent all of their lives working hard for all of us. All of the things that we have, all of the things that we need are provided to us by people who have worked hard to get those things to us. And we work hard to afford them and to work to get them. I think that right now we need to remember that everything feels harder work than it it used to. And we need to remember that we are not alone in feeling like it's hard work and we're not alone in doing hard work. So what I think we need to do this week is help each other do the hard work. And, um, and I think you two girls are going to be good at helping with the hard work. <laughs> Can we wave? Can you girls wave to the camera? There you go. <laughs> Should we have a moment of prayer? Dear God, thank you for all of the people who work hard for us. Help us to work hard for each other in love and peace and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Debbie. Isn't it always nice to be called on first thing in the morning? The first teacher of the day says, Debbie, please recite your lesson. <sighs> Will you join me in prayer? Oh God, creator of heaven and earth, out of deep waters you brought us to birth, claimed us as children of wonder and worth, O oh God of deep flowing water. Well, if you've spent any time reading or studying both the Gospels in the New Testament and the letters of Paul, you may have noticed that they're kind of at odds with each other. You see, Paul is an apologist for Christ. Let me tell you who Christ is, he says to the people. And what it means to follow, what sort of commitment you need to make and things that you need to say in your heart and in your life in order to be a follower of Jesus. As we follow in the way, what would become Christianity. It makes sense for that time because, well, let's face it. Jesus wasn't Zooming with his people. 
there wasn't a, you know, midday prayer on Wednesday where Jesus got up and said, hi, folks, let me tell you all about what it means to follow me. In fact, he often just said, follow God. Follow the one who sent me to you. But Paul is the one who really is making up this religion we know as Christianity. And so Paul's message deals an awful lot with the structure, how we put this together. And Paul says, you have to be an apologist for Jesus as well. Jesus never says that. In fact, the things that Jesus says are the things that we're supposed to do. You know, do good and share what you have for such offerings are pleasing to God. Feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, visit the prisoner, do the things that are good. Paul comes from a legal background, and so he outlines faith in a legal sort of way. Paul was trying to organize the people around Jesus. Well, Jesus was reminding the people of what God intended for us all. The two don't often mix, and if you're reading them hand in hand, the Gospels and the letters of Paul, there are many times when you're going to be frustrated because one says this and the other says this, and they don't really come together except here. This is one of the very few places in the Gospels and the works of Paul where they meet. Paul says, owe no one anything except to love one another. And then he says, put on Christ. Love one another. We've heard Jesus say that. He's echoing the prophets from of old. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, right from Deuteronomy. And love your neighbor as yourself, right from Leviticus, putting those two together for us. Love God. Love everybody else. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. Jim Rigby is a colleague, a Presbyterian colleague in Austin, Texas, who is known very well for his faith-based social action. It's what he writes. It's what he preaches. It's what he marches for. It's what he gets arrested for. And he's done all of those sorts of things. But he wrote a piece this week that reminded me 
of this passage in Romans. He wrote a piece in the style of the Barman Declaration from Germany as it talked about the rise of Hitler in Germany. The Barman Declaration, if you remember, as we started, <laughs> as we started it back six months ago, um, and we're not able to finish, the Barman Declaration says, this is what is said, and this is what we stand against, and then cites faith. And Rigby, in doing this, in making this statement this last week, offered how Jesus speaks to power, to wealth, to conquering enemies, to fear, to law and order, to praising Jesus. It's a scathing indictment on the status quo in the North American USA church. But he ends by saying, put on love. Put on love as you speak about power and power's place in your life and in the life of the world. Put on concern and action for the needy. Because that's really love. Put on prayer. As we pray for our enemies. And those who seek to persecute us. Put on love. Refuse to make your life better and easier at the steep costs to others. Put on love. Put on love. Refuse the rhetoric of hate and fear. Put on the new command to love one another. Put on love as if it is not only a coat or a blanket or a comforter. You know, that's a wonderful image for the Holy Spirit. We call the Holy Spirit the comforter. Think of the Holy Spirit as that comforter, that quilt, that afghan around us. but also put on love around our hearts and indeed through our entire being. Put on the new commandment to love one another. Jesus says it, and Paul reiterates it. 
So something tells me that this must indeed be an extremely important piece of Christian theology. This idea of putting on the love, love for God and love for all of God's creation. How important must that be for our lives and for the life of the world for us to put it on and put it on again and put it on again and again and again, put it on in the face of hatred, put it on in the face of bullying, put it on in the face of abject poverty. Put it on when hatred and fear are spewed day after day and hour after hour, sometimes in the name of Christ even. Put on love. Allow the love of God, which I believe touches us all, whether we know it or not. Put on the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And return that love to God and to one another. It's the only debt we should ever carry. That's what Paul says. The debt of love. To repay that again and again and again. So come to this table and put on love. Amen. Friends, let us come to the table of our Lord. We make a joyful, muffled noise. Rhythm and blues, country, rap, a masked, distanced, sweet response to the voice of God. I relieved your shoulder of the burden and your hands were freed from the basket. We pick up the tambourine or the bass guitar. I relieved your shoulder of the burden and your hands were freed from the basket. We Zoom, Google Meet, live stream, drive in, pew space. I relieved your shoulder of the burden and your hands were freed from the basket. The first exodus released those unjustly worked to bring them to a new and safe place. This is a new exodus time. A time to give attention to domestic workers, migrant workers, food service folks, Heading to the curbside.
housekeepers keeping hotels and motels COVID clean to those in mandatory overtime, those jobless and waiting, those who work in dangerous conditions. For we experience the voice of God saying, I will give you finest wheat from the rock. I give you honey. Will you join me in prayer? In the bread we eat, we honor farmers and bakers. We honor truck drivers and those who stock grocery shelves. In the cup we drink, we honor those who pick fruit, often endangered by pesticides, and those who work in bottling plants. In bread and cup, we honor those who have written, translated, printed, sold, given, and taught the good news of the new covenant. Holy One, this is the sacrament we share. Because others have passed it on spiritually and physically to each of us. We pray that your spirit of life and love, of tenderness and power, rest upon every bread and every cup so that they may feed our inmost needs and pour forth a grace that can indeed change the world. Risen Christ. Live in us that we may live in you. Hear us as we pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom be come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. My friends, we remember a Passover in Jerusalem where Jesus borrowed an upper room soaked and scrubbed the feet, tired feet of others and explained that there is a God-shaped hole in everyone's belly and that Jesus would fill it with love. A new commandment, he said, I give to you, love one another. We give thanks that on the night of his arrest, our Lord Jesus took the bread and after giving thanks to it, to God for it, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And on an Easter afternoon in Emmaus, Jesus reminded us that the bread of welcome on anyone's table, on everyone's table, is blessed to be a holy sacrament, sending us out to find the cup in the world around us. In the same way, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, poured out for all for the forgiveness of sins. 
Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. The bread on your table is blessed and broken. As long as it is open to all, it is holy. Sharing love, we will never be hungry. The cup on your table is blessed and shared like the overflowing of tears and joy. Drink deeply. We will never thirst. The Prayer of Thanksgiving. O Holy One, we give you thanks for honey from rocky times, hope from fearful thoughts and burdened shoulders, bread and roses from the labor of hands and minds, and your blessing as we receive this sacrament and the holy dispersion of virtual worship to reach out and change your world, one foot washing servanthood at a time, one Emmaus joy at a time. Amen. Anything except for the debt of love. 
for it is love that has reached down and touched your heart, touched our hearts, touched my heart, and brought us closer to God and closer to one another. Owe no one anything but the debt of love and put on Christ. Go out, dear friends. Share the love of God with all whom you meet. For in these days and these times, everyone we meet needs to know of the love of God. The unimaginable, unrelentless love of God. So put on Christ this day and always, and know that God Almighty, Creator Christ and Holy Spirit will be with you and abide with you this day and always. Amen. Amen.